Welcome back from a long weekend of fun in the sun, wherever you are at. If you were not in the sun, then I hope you still have fun. I'm John Browner. I'm joined by Jason Lawhead. This is something that we refer to as Browner and Lawhead, fresh off a of Memorial Day weekend extravaganza. Yeah. Jason's rocking his brown sun hat. Yeah, yeah, man. It was I was out working in my little garden uh, today. Oh. Uh, so uh, I got to that age where um, I've been in 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 you know store for one of these because I like as I get older, you know, the skin cancer around the face and being living in San Diego. So it was great when I went back and did the, that corporate gig back in December in cleveland this was in the swag bag they gave me nice which is great um yeah the company uh threw this in and now i this is my like walk in the neighborhood garden you know planting whatever if i need to go to the beach now i got my hat it's a browns logo one it's great it's like a nick Saban. this is what nick saban wears on the practice field Mike. when he's lying and buying kids if exactly. you this is what he's he's hiding his image under. <laughs> if you are new image and likeness. If you are new to the program, welcome to the Mightier 1090 ESPN. I'm John Browner. What you are listening to is a Browns hat wearing famous comedian Jason Lawhead, corporate gig and all. And we yeah, have to, a ton a cool on the, we have a ton on the show. We have so many things to get to, but if you miss anything or you want to catch up on the things that you have missed. You can always head over to the iTunes podcast store under Kaplan and Crew. We are Brown and Lawhead. And you can do the same thing in YouTube. Find Kaplan and Crew. We are the show with the number in front on both platforms. Today's show, there's a, I, there's a topic we're going to discuss that I hate it. And now a talking point has been burst for said subject. And we won't have to talk about it anymore because now it's scientifically proven. I'll explain. Aaron Donald is whining. Yes, whining about being paid. I'll explain. Gabe Kapler, who I was never a huge fan of as a player. He's the Giants manager, so it flies in the face of my Padre rooting interest. But he said something really thought-provoking, and we're going to have a conversation about that. But before we get to any of that, this person, whoever you are who did this, if you're listening, I am holding up a picture of the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa has been defaced. It has been caked, if you will say. That picture on the right, if you're watching on your computer, if you're listening, I'm displaying a picture to the far right of the screen left if you are uh, on it. The bottom half of the Mona Lisa, let's say if we had 100% of the picture, 40% of it now has been smeared with cake. And you know why it's been smeared with cake? Because people are stupid. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you live, man. Doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. It's dumb. That picture is a... And, and, and approach at what this guy did. Like, how he did it is even, like, worse. more just mentally. Like, what is wrong? what is wrong with people? Like this guy dressed up as an old lady in a wheelchair springs out of the thing like a you know villain in an Austin Powers movie or something and starts spreading cake over the Mona Lisa. What kind of whacked out like fetishly disturbed mind do you have to even get there? And it's like you know um, 
what is that what this guy wanted was just like i want to be a headline in the world of scrolling <laughs> because i feel like there's no other excuse for something like that i will tell you right now i've made it a point in my life i will not go to jail for something stupid okay no that's that's a goal that that's that's a standard that i've held higher than any other standard in my life i will not go to jail for something stupid period this person will be going to jail for a very long time for something that i don't for, you defaced the mona lisa now what what does that make you other than a dick that no one wants to talk to you'll be famous for being the person who defiled a massive piece of art that is important to the American art culture and literature world world. Let me tell you something that art uh, industry ain't no joke, man. No, the largest play. police departments, there's federal agencies set up for art robbery, like bank robbery, right? Like the, the, the art community is well connected in the legal and law enforcement all over the globe. They, there are, like I said, departments set up for that industry alone. This so dude, you get the jail is, like this ain't this ain't streaking at at Arrowhead Stadium in right. January across the field like an idiot, and then getting arrested, thrown in a panty wagon. You, you know, and you're gonna be out, and and you'll be on the headline. Yeah, but you know. This is big time. What a what a fool. What a, what an absolute fool. I hope they put this person under the jail. I'm not even a yeah. big art person. I'm really not. But when you have so many people come from all across the world to see something that is, if not the most important picture in the history of the world. One of the in short lists. It's on the Mount Rushmore of art. And some jackass, for whatever reason, sees it fit to use that as a demonstration for whatever their cause is. Again, whatever your cause was, the people who believe what you believe like that, ah, you went too far, bro. They'll throw pig's blood on a lawmaker. Make some, make, make a difference. Like actually show some, have some, you know, stones, do something, dress up as an old lady in a wheelchair, spring out like you're what? So I won't, I won't mention this person's name. Because to me, I would be doing them a favor in what they want. Exactly. But what I will say is this. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I, I hope Mrs. Doubtfire finds a prison cellmate who really, really likes art. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, better. I, and I hope and, they and, tattoo. But it has a very small brush, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because and, and, uh, I hope they you know. tattoo the Mona Lisa on their back and their face. As, as he brings as, in a roller, that could be yeah. painful. <laughs> yeah, it's just as for retribution for this idiot. But yeah. Yeah, that's nor here or there. I I I saw that as an odd story. Again, we're the six o'clock. No, I saw that. So we're this is the fun based thing. Um Gabe Kapler, though, Gabe Kapler made a Gabe Kapler made a decision. Oftentimes, when we get people who make public displays against the anthem. You never know what the response is going to be like from the public. I'm going to play you why Gabe Kapler said he will not be coming out for the national anthem. And you tell me on the other side of this what you think. I just don't I don't plan on coming out for for the anthem going forward until I feel like um, there's I, I feel better about the direction of our country. So that that'll be the step. I don't. 
I don't expect it to, to move the needle necessarily. It's just something that um, I feel strongly enough about to, to take that step. I was having a hard time um, articulating my thoughts the day of the shooting and um, the day we went out there on the line. And sometimes for me, it, it takes me a couple of days to put everything together. I knew I was, I knew that I was um, not in my best space mentally, and I knew that it was in connection um, with some of the hypocrisy of standing for the national anthem and, and how it coincided with the moment of silence and how those two things didn't sync up well for me. So I'm not a, I, I don't go around saying I'm a big fan of said manager. I'm a fan of the person Gabe Kapler because of this. You can, you can, and, and I may disagree with something else that he does because that's what this country is about. Gabe Kapler can publicly tell you why he's not coming out for the national anthem. And as a white man, I want to see how many boycotts land outside of uh, whatever they're calling the field the Giants play at now. When Gabe Kapler goes out on the road, let's see the reaction and the vitriol he gets for not coming out for the national anthem. Because Gabe Kapler saw something wrong with the American political system, the way of American life, and chose to do a silent protest. And the, I don't know, uh, 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 resistance, a sign of resistance against what he thinks the direction of the country is. We had an athlete do the exact same thing centered around the anthem. Let's see what baseball does to white man manager, former player, Gabe Kapler, versus what the industry of the NFL and the public stream of thought did to Colin Kaepernick, who did the exact same thing. Jason. Yeah, well, I think Kapler very thoughtfully explained his uh, reasoning, which uh, was was great. Um, maybe um, the things are a little... The only thing I could tell the difference of between this and Kaepernick is that uh, Kaepernick was a police-driven protest, isolated to the police. And Kapler is, which is, a you know... Even as a divisive type of topic, it can be and has been lately the you know reform of it and the bad apples of it and all that, whatever, you know, um, a lot of people support the police even with that. Right. Right. So, you know, and. I think in this instance, this is kind of more of a gun control. We're slaughtering our children topic everybody's kind of got a hand in this until we can pull some stuff out from these laws or, or whatnot. And I think a lot of people support that wildly, even more probably than support police. When you look at the numbers of who su supports, you know, logical gun laws and some certain things with beyond um, what, what they're trying to push and pass on the other side of the aisle from that in all these States. I mean, you know, it's eye opening. So I think that's where Kapler has probably always going to have, even if you were to, you know, try to dissect it, anyhow you were going to dissect it, he's got that kind of alley going for him for this. And I think the way he explained it 
and he connected it to the moment of silence and then hearing the anthem. He said that out loud. He vocally said that in his explanation. And you can kind of get that part, right? I feel like it it, it isn't such a kneel or a, 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 as much as it is, he, he explained, you know, that that happened and I just couldn't feel good. Like, and he's got a point, like, how could you, if it's really affected you, like it has affected him that he, that he eloquently put, it really affected him to have that moment of silence, which was, you know, absolutely regal, regal for the moment as, as that being what should have been on, on board. And then to come right after that with this kind of how we do it, right? We do it like we 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 play that anthem, we wave that anthem like it's the great. This is the greatest place in the world, like it's a Chevy car commercial. Chest out, okay. Had our moment of silence for the dead kid, America, right? So I think his connection to that as a personal choice um, is kind of why he is is feels doesn't feel good about coming back out until maybe. Hey, some lawmakers step up, or maybe there's some uh, filibuster, or maybe there's something done, uh, you know, in the next coming weeks, uh, which it probably won't. But, and I don't know where he goes from there, but I think when you talk about the cops, no matter what, it, it's going to be a race and a very, very touchy subject. And when you talk about gun control, even for the nuts that really back, like everybody should have a million of them. Uh, uh, you can get a more popular opinion. Um, you know, I would, I would argue that what you are, what you have said, it's very interesting. The take on how you perceive the his announcement for why he did what he did, with an explanation to, with an explanation with it. And there was a hit that, and that's part of why Kapaner took that hit job is because he kind of didn't tell a lot of yes, people. Yes, he did. He just See, went out. This is the this is but the I'm just common saying, misconception from, about from, how it. This is the common misconception about what happened with Colin Kaepernick versus what. Well, that's happened what I was going to say. Gabe from Kaepernick. perception's point of view, yes. that's how, and, that, right. and that's why I put it in. That's why I put it right. in that in that sense. The perception was he didn't explain it. Mm-hmm. The truth was people just didn't agree with it. They didn't, absolutely. they didn't agree absolutely. with what he was doing. That was doing. definitely the crux of the whole yes. problem, whether he could he could have had, you know, uh, anybody. He could have had Gabe Kapler explain it for him. <laughs> it and have, and it you're right. Mattered. The crux of the problem was going to be that. It, it, was the, it was the fact that people didn't like it, and so they villainized him and ostracized him because right. of that, from the president on down. Now, obviously, that was it played a huge part in what happened to him, and I think the way the president now won't necessarily call any attention to Gabe Kapler's stance. But what I will tell you is this. I hope that more people use this as an opportunity to share their voice on what they think about whether it be uh, policing and systematic racism or the over the, the easy access to guns in this country because we were not on the air when you do you've all this shooting happened right so we did not have a chance to right we've only talked about the buffalo one right seems like months ago now because of everything and uh it's just it, that's sad and so you can you can believe what you want to believe about guns we are past the point of saying whether you should or shouldn't have them that's not a discussion in this country what should never be 
and I don't know how it is, is that a person who can't drive a rental car to go get a six-pack of beer be able to get the amount of weaponry to fly to Ukraine and fight. I don't understand it. It's not of my it is not of my preference. I don't hunt. I don't shoot. So I don't get why people think that that's an American part of life. I don't understand it. But when well, it's it- been sold, it's been pipelined for for generations uh, now. Um, and that's why it is in American culture. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of hunters, man. I, I'm from northern Ohio. I, I know a lot of hunters. I know a lot of hunters that aren't absolute gun wax. They're hunters because deer season opens up for a short time. You grew up. Your dad taught you how to hunt. They skin the deer. They make jerky out of it. They freeze the meat. Deer overpopulates, obviously, for a, a portion. There's a deer hunting season. You get the license. They go out. And they pass some things on and some skills with some you know, you know, gauge, 12 gauge, whatever type of shotguns. And then they come home and they're normal people that uh, you, you would do everything with. And, you know, aren't, are, they don't have racks and racks of automatic weapons everywhere in, in their house. They're not bragging about them. They don't have tattoos of them on them. They're not, you know, taking, but this culture has grown. Ex- especially, you know, especially since this NRA organization has, involved itself in the government it's like a church the way a Mm -hmm. church can go inside and start moving the levers of policy because you can hijack a a base and and start categorizing them as you're going to be this 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 and this and that's bottom line all the way around and we're going to push every agenda and, you know, I mean, some of these gun laws, there's a gun law that hits the books in Ohio on June 12th or 13th. I believe the last Ohio Senate passed this law. It comes in and it's just a arm. Everybody don't worry. Don't worry about even getting anything, how to get yeah. it. Don't don't worry about having a license to carry it. I mean, it's one of these types of things where I feel bad for my home state because you look at it. You know, both my parents were educators. They were teachers and, you know, a, a lot of good people get into education. It's like, it's, it's almost a suicide mission to become a teacher nowadays with the way some of these states are pushing your... some of these gun laws. And, and when the wrong wired person decides, uh, you know, I, I'm a wimp, I'm a coward, but I hate life. So I'll go down to an elementary school and uh, there, you know, and, and, and the, the, the solution supposed to be better doors. If, your your parents were educators and we've got and i want to ask you this question and we'll end it on this as as long as your parents taught can you ever imagine them having to fend off a shooter like this kid with a weapon of equal or lesser proportion no or none of the teachers that i had my whole life i grew up around faculty members because my parents had good friends my dad was a coach and athletic director my mom was a teacher so their friends were teachers none of these people no 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 you know and uh absolutely not it wasn't even a thought i look back on it i'm going i couldn't even imagine thinking that that could even ever no i mean uh sadly it's become this like you know elephant in the room that is like hiding behind a lamp and nobody knows. it's like uh, it 
sometimes complex problems have very easy solutions. Not all, some. This is a multifaceted, extremely complex problem, but it's got a very easy solution. The access to guns made what happened in Uvalde, made what happened in Buffalo and Newtown and a country concert in Vegas, a, a gay nightclub in Florida, made that possible. The access to high-powered assault rifles. That's the end of it. That's the one thing all these incidents seem to have in common. But yet we can ban all these things except for this. And we will see where this country goes. We'll see if Gabe Kapler's stance gets any more publicity or less publicity. But we got more sports to talk about when we come back. Brown and Lawhead. Brown and Lawhead on the Mightier 1090 ESPN and available in the iTunes. I, I, blah, 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 blah. In the iTunes podcast store and also on YouTube under Kaplan and crew. We are part of the Great Friends Podcast Network. If you missed anything on the show, you can always head over to that to get that. Jason Lawhead is my co-host, mm -hmm. Owen Browner and Lawhead. We are here discussing the day in sports. Because the show is on from Monday to Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., oftentimes once Wednesday comes, we miss everything from then until now. So we had an extra day off, and yeah, now we're nice. getting to it. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. There has been some, I don't want to say whining, because when people think of this person, they don't think of them as a whiner. But Aaron Donald is making the rounds after winning the Super Bowl and his contract negotiations keep coming up. And it's so funny that I have to listen to Aaron Donald whine about being paid. Because if you're of Aaron Donald's ilk, they will pay you. Relax. Mm -hmm. Relax. If you're Kyler Murray, they'll pay you. Relax. If you're Dak Prescott, told you they'd pay you. Relax. You're going to get paid if you are worth the money. There is, I, he's not my favorite defensive player, but you probably can't get a bigger bang for your buck than Aaron Donald. And there's no organization like the Rams organization who focus on winning right now. There's no other team that would be willing to pay you as much as they're willing to pay you right, right. now. Because that's what they do. They go from year to year winning. They don't worry about two years from now. Their quarterback is in place. Their defense is in place. They're ready to win right now now he knows this so how much are you trying to juice him for an extra two million three million because Cronky's got it well so shut up dude shut up you will get paid they're going to pay you this idea that oh i'm at peace with whatever happens you're not going to retire you're not going to if you're going to retire you know what you don't do if you're going to retire you don't sign with kanye west's marketing team now you know, he's represented by Don, I think it's Donda Sports is what it's called. Jalen Brown signed with them. Uh, uh, Aaron Donald signed with them, similar to what Rock Nation, what Jay-Z did with Rock Nation, because Kanye is pretty much copying everything Jay-Z did in business-wise. So you sign Aaron Donald to this, this, new, this new marketing company. Why would you do that if you're going to retire? 
Like your, your, your actions don't match your words, man. You're going to play football. They're going to pay you. And all this will be for naught. What if he just went to the USFL and got like 20 sacks a game? <laughs> uh, what if like, what if Aaron Donald is just like, you know what? Nah, I'm done. I got enough money. I'm doing some other projects with, with Kanye. I'm going to do some uh, MMA fighting on the side with Dana White. Uh, I'll make a few bucks there. And you know what? I'm going to play in the USFL and just make video game stats that have never existed. <laughs> He's just, they're just like hauling quarterbacks off on stretchers left and right. It's just like, you it's like a, guys. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, a, um, yeah, man, you know, he's going to get paid. The, the the Rams are the, I mean, they're the obvious fit if you're both sides, right? If you're both sides right now, yeah. I think it's the obvious fit. Like, just like, let's just run it back. Why do you have to make this like, is it because it's like, hey, man, this would be good market? Is this the first, it's probably the first piece of advice from Kanye marketing. Hey, man, start making a, a, a big Thanks. mess of a great situation right Tell now. You're going to quit. Get it all staticky and haywire. Sit out of some uh, uh, training camps. You're going to stay in shape anyway. They know that. And then eventually string it along. And then uh, advice 101 from Kanye marketing. But um, ruin your relationship with your <laughs> yeah, boss. Exactly. Burn some bridges. Burn some bridges. Uh, you know, have them throw you out of the door immediately when you're out of your prime because they don't want to see you around. And once you give everything to them, they're, they're going to be done with you. They'll never build a statue. But yeah, do stuff like that. You know, I just. There's no, there's no better representation for the Rams than Aaron Donald. He's really the face of their franchise. And you're just going to not pay the guy after you've given Matthew right. Stafford all this money. Ironically, the person who made the last two plays to actually win you the Super Bowl was Aaron Donald. Yes, he was the guy that made the plays to get you the Super Bowl. He was the guy that dictated the whole thing that made you a super bowl contender yes. he was ex he was the re he was the centerpiece of the reason why it was a whole chance that you had to go through that nfc and then win that super bowl i mean it's that's why it's a it's a no-brainer for both sides because where he has in his career, what are you gonna retire? Are you gonna sit out the, the best years of your life? Like, come on, right now he's right in the middle of the best years of his life in a in football and his athletic career, as long as everything holds up. Like, you're gonna you gonna just take that off. No, this is the best time. The Rams, the stadium, defending champs, all the money they have, and all the other players, you, where you are, what you're coming off of. You want to be known as like, like you, you know, you're already like in that stream of the, 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 the salmon that are, that are, you know, considered the greatest defensive players of all time. I mean, you, you think about how many first team all pro he, Aaron Donald has, there isn't a lot of players in the history of the game that have played this game that have more first team all pro selections than Aaron Donald. I think he's got seven or something. I mean, Tom Brady's got three. Think about that. Tom Brady was first team all pro three times in his career because there was guys like Peyton Manning in the, in the, I mean, it, it, that's how great this guy is. Um, it, it just get back on it, get back. And, you know, to do that, if they were to do it two years in a row with, with him being, you know, what he is, then you could sit there and go, He's right there. He's right there with Lawrence Taylor. He's right there at the top 
with all, and that's what his focus should be. His focus should be, all right, let's go get every dollar they're willing to spend, and then let's go run this thing back, and let me go up on the Mount Rushmore of greatest defensive players that have ever put on a jersey. Not retire in the middle, and that be your biggest story after you won a Super Bowl once with L.A. It's silly. Pat Riley coined a phrase, the disease of me. Mm -hmm. of guys who win championships and now everybody wants more. The reason why you can never keep championship teams together is because even the guys on the fringes, they want more. The Mm -hmm. 12th man, the 10th man, the 9th man, they want more. I can't fathom how much, I mean, financially probably, more they can give him than they've already given him. Mm Mm-hmm. You are in he made the, a lot of money in this game. You are in the entertainment capital of the world now. Is what Los Angeles has become. They make all the movies here. A lot of business now, ironically, gets done in Los Angeles as well, sports-wise. You can't go wrong staying where you're at, my man. So please, please stop it with this. Because if I have to read another story about you doing an interview saying that if you had to retire today, you'd be okay with it. Because you wouldn't. Don't listen to all the advice you get from Don to sports because they may have you looking for another agent. Now, that being said, I got to tell you, talk about another no-brainer. I have, this is, I hate this topic. I hate the transgender Mm -hmm. male-turned-female athlete topic. I hate it, but we here have to discuss it. But now, I think it will be for the last time. Because a study by the, because I want to get this right, the Mayo Clinic. You heard of Mayo Clinic, yeah? Oh, yeah. That's famous, yeah? Very famous up there, I believe, in uh, Wisconsin or Minnesota, somewhere up there. So the so famous, Clinic. it's recluse. They don't know one knows where it is. Yeah, but exactly. The Mayo Clinic determined that a transgender athlete from male to female has a distinct competitive advantage. That's not my opinion. That's not Jason's opinion. That's not some leftist or rightist opinion. That's science, science, my friend. And so the fact that Leah Leah Thomas is winning Division I races when they were ranked as a man, they were somewhere in the 60s, I believe, or 40s, to go number one as a woman, there is clearly a distinctive advantage for this person in this field of competition. So now scientifically, it has been proven uh, metal-wise, competition-wise, she, I'll be polite and respectful and refer to her as she would like to be referred to, she cannot compete, nor can anyone else. You, as a woman who was formerly a man, you should not be able to compete with women. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It defies logic. And I don't know why people are up in arms defending this woman's right to compete when clearly you scientifically now proven have an advantage other over women competing. I'll just say this. In my uh, 2019 
2000 right at the beginning of 2020 comedy special pay it backwards that i shot at the la jolla comedy store i did a joke about this idea of a man becoming a woman and competing in women's sports now that was just for comedy and it's and it's my thought but here's the logic in it all and thank you for mayo clinic for getting involved although i don't think we really needed have that to kind of understand the whole situation water is wet also all right water is wet now let's talk about this there's a difference between uh a governor signing a bill an anti uh bill where uh, uh, if a kid in the fifth sixth seventh eighth teenage years is has been feeling different about themselves and identifies as a male to female and may just want to play on the soccer team to try to fit in as they go through whatever. That's very unlikely that that's ever going to happen. That's very unlikely. Right. But in this case of Leah Thomas, once is too much because Leah Thomas competed as a male in swimming and was not a very good competitor. And then Leah Thomas went and became a female and then is winning college meets. That's not fair to women. That is not fair to what women fought for for the Title IX. And I know some some women athletes are even mentioning this Title IX as a, you know, I'm not going to say weapon in a negative word, but as something to say, hey, look, like now you've got the Mayo Clinic, and I'm I'm liberal. I'm for everyone, right? Like I, I but this isn't right. Once is too many for this type of instance. The other instance of a child feeling different about themselves and maybe wanting to join, you know, that's very unlikely that that will happen in circumstances that overwhelm anything. But once is too much in this case, because it's not fair to the women that have gotten to that level and and aren't finishing 235th in their class like Leah Thomas did when she was a man. You know what? How about somebody finally pardon the pun, have the you-know-what to just say, hey, I feel like a woman, I identify as a woman, but you know what? I'm going to take the men on still. You know what? You could finish the last of all last places in history, and you're still going to be a winner in pretty much everybody's books because people are going to be like, hey, at least the guy you know that became a woman decided to say, hey, look, I'm still going to go try to win this tennis match against this guy, right? Because that's what I was born biologically. Let's find that out one day because, you know, you can't, and I'm not upset. I'm just passionate about the idea to say like, this is where this understanding has to be like, no, Leah Thomas is not a, a woman champion in women's swimming. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the idea, I, I think what you're trying to say and what I've said as well, no one is against transitioning at all. Mm-mm. Zero. No. Not in the least bit. If that's how you feel as a person, feel free to be whoever you want to be in your skin. I am a full participant and believer in that aspect. Competing. It's a completely different story because the physical makeup of a man, one, and two, the treatment that you have to go through to transform your body, by the way, would get another female competitor suspended. Yes. Yes. Great point. 
A great point. So, so if the female-born co uh, competitor did any of those types of hormonal adjustments to anything, they would be disqualified. Yes, immediately. Under, based off of what the, 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 that they're NCAA, not allowed to put any type NCAA, of substances in their in, body. But NCAA, you can't even make how illogical this is. Is by NCAA rules, by Olympic rules, if you are caught as a woman swimmer. Of course, the, that makes sense. With, with the type of hormones that... Thanks to Germany, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that, this, <laughs> that this young woman has in her body, she should be disqualified. Right. And that is the out. It, that, that's the only out you need. You that's don't even you need. need to... You don't it's even like, need. what did they get? They got... They got... Uh, they got uh, 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 Capone on wire fraud. That's right. what they couldn't get. So they were able to get him on wire fraud to lead him to all the other cases. If that's what you've got is the the one thing to get. And then, and then, but it's not being out to get. It's being out to to Fairness. restore, restore. You the have only... to sometimes restore things that other people shake the the, the foundation of. The only democracy, that, maybe, you know, the, things like that. The only thing that sports has been very, very, very clear on from the day it started to now, regardless of what sport it is, everyone has a fair opportunity to win. And when that starts to get altered, then what is it? What are we really doing? Like you can complain about the referees, but the ball is the same. The mm -hmm. field is the same. And so you have an opportunity to beat your opponent, period. Mm -hmm. This is not that. No. And so I don't want anyone walking away from this conversation under the impression that we're not for people finding their happiness, regardless of what that happiness is, if it doesn't hurt anyone else. This is not that. This is you getting a competitive advantage and using that advantage in a sport where you were already competing and unsuccessful. And to not only do that, but to deny the, the, to deny some, a deserving champion, to yes. deny a deserving champion that has worked for getting the, you know, whoever it was going to be, was it going to be second or third, however it went out? Like, but like, that's the other thing is, is so, it's almost so arrogant to say, accept me so much that I can kind of just trample over some other uh, norms that are even, you know, broaching any of it all fairness. We talk about equality, inclusion, and fairness, and yet this situation takes advantage to then go ahead and stomp all over that idea of like wait but we've been we're like you just can't come in here <laughs> like, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense on its face if you wrote it down on a piece of paper a judge would go this is wrong right if you i mean i just don't get like like look you, you transition you feel like you're a woman you still want to you still want to swim and and swim obviously yeah hey maybe you want to be a swim coach maybe you feel like hey you know i've always been a woman but you know i want to i want to be a swim coach after i transition i want to start you know working with young girls and and other people that might feel the way i do and, yes. and whatever and, and be a swim coach great you're i will well 
there's a promote that person, in, promote in that, that person. That's in, a brave person. That's somebody in, that's out there doing something very courageous and brave and making a difference. This is making the wrong difference for a personal uh, a kind of agenda, in my opinion. And, um, and, and when the science speaks now with Mayo Clinic, and obviously, like you said, the rules in Title Nine. I mean, this that if this doesn't get kind of nipped in the bud now, and um, pardon the pun, if this doesn't get nipped in the bud now, um, you know, it could kind of get off the rails here soon. And like I said, they're always unlikely instances. Like I said, it, when when you're kind of discriminating against young kids in a, in a governor's bill in public schools, that that's that gets a little scary there. Right, but. There is a, a way to say no, once is too many in this type of environment when you've already transitioned later in life and you've competed athletically as a man. You've been a male athlete. I'm sorry, but, uh, you in, know. In the same sport at the same level, by the way. In the same sport at the same level, what I w- going for the same thing. So your ambition, it's just, it, to me, it sounds like, it sounds like a, a person who's a- using ambition as a way to, um, you know, and all these other like social, you know, you know, acceptances to kind of gain uh, an unfair advantage, in my opinion, in in, in ironically, a whole thing where, you know, um, transgender, transgender athletes, any any transgender in the community is trying for their fairness, their equality. And this kind of uh, this sheds in in my, in my opinion, a bad image on, you know. What I will finish with is this. To anybody calling the women who are speaking out against this sore losers, God, you don't know what a sore loser is. Right. You've never competed. You don't know what it's like, how hard you have to work, and then still know that it doesn't matter what you do, that someone has a genetic advantage over you Regardless of what you do, and it's okay. Stop yeah, calling those no. women whiners. They're 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 being cheated. And we'll talk more about this down in the future. Hope not. Brown and Law hit. Peace.